Blog Talk Radio.
COVID is, is coming back rampantly right now. And there's wonderful people that help clean up afterwards. And Bob's favorite people are the people at the grocery store that keeps these stocks, shelves stocked. <clears throat> Boy, nothing like a tongue tire. I'll try to say that 10 more times. Um, tonight's program is dedicated to a young man who uh, he was a graduate of uh, Cardinal Higher High School in Springfield, Pennsylvania. Uh, during his, his teen years, he was a member of the Brumall uh, Volunteer Fire Company. At the age of 19, he was uh, able to take the test, pass the test, and be accepted into the Philadelphia Fire Academy. Um, Matt Letourneau, uh, it is uh, who I'm talking about, Matt uh, went through the ranks very fast uh, because of his experience on the, as a volunteer. Uh, not only was he promoted uh, to captain in the uh, Philadelphia Fire Department in a very short time, He's also elected uh, deputy chief of the Brumo Fire Department at the age of 21, the youngest uh, fire chief in Delaware County, Pennsylvania. Unfortunately, uh, Matt responded to a, uh, a call on his off day uh, with Brumo. Uh, there was a, a fire, and uh, Matt uh, was directing his men when someone came up and said that there was a woman stuck in the, in the rear of the building. Uh, Matt entered the building. Unfortunately, the fire had uh, burned up the floor, and uh, he ended up in the basement. Uh, they, uh, they dedicated a flagpole at uh, Cardinal O'Hara High School to, to uh, Matt. So to Matt uh, and his uh, wife, Jenny, uh, his mom and dad, Matt and Lou, uh, we sent out our deepest, uh, deepest appreciation for everything Matt did uh, during his life. Uh, he was a great student a great athlete, and a great man. So um, with that in tow, we'll go in and get right into it. Hi, uh, welcome. Uh, got a big one for you. Uh, Evander Holyfield's grandson uh, lost his first big match. Son. That was his actual son. Son, I'm sorry, yeah. Got knocked out? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hello? Yeah, go ahead. If you're talking about the knockout, that was that was that was uh, Evander Holyfield's son, not his grandson. Mm-hmm. Got Pocock, he's down, mm-hmm. put up in the first round. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, uh, yeah, I guess that uh, um, that was a, a shock to both because he was what nine and zero at the time. Yeah, but you know. Uh, Second-generation fighters have a reputation of not quite being as good as the original, right? Uh, Julio Cesar Chavez and Chavez Jr. You have some fathers or some sons who who supersede the father, like Floyd Mayweather uh, Jr. Typically, when you have a high-profile father, the son isn't quite uh, to that. So I I really kind of had no expectation of – at Holyfield, and, you, you know, a lot of the, the sons take up the sport a little later, too. So, uh, yeah, he got knocked out. It was a shock because, you know, obviously they were trying to build his record. The opponent was brought in to lose. But when you have that level of experience, or should I say inexperience, uh, then anything can happen. And that's what happened. Sure. Hey, Katie, got a question for you. Um I know that you follow UFC very much. Uh, what do you think about tonight's heavyweight uh, female fight with Holly Holm? 
Oh yeah, Holly Holm getting back in the getting back 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 in the octagon. Uh, she's making her her sudden return after all the years. You know, back when she fought um, Ronda Rousey and you know and all all those um, all those greats back in the uh, the women's division. And um, now she's bringing it up against Caitlin Vieira. And she's Holly Holmes getting up there. She's forty years old. Holly Holmes. One of the, I think, I, I'm pretty sure she's she's one of the oldest, if not the oldest woman fighter, fighting currently fighting right now. Um, but yeah, uh, her last fight was in 2020. She she actually pulled out the um, the win against Irene Aldana, and it was a decision win. It went all five rounds. So she, you know, she is showing, you know. It, Due to her last fight, she has shown that she you know, she still has some miles left in the gas tank. She can still fight those long fights. She can still be in there for the long haul. And Caitlin Vieira is no no rookie. You know she's no rookie to the sport either. Um, mm-hmm. But she's she's not as you know she's not as old as Holly um, Holmes, so she still might be a little bit more fresh. And you know her last fight was against Misha Tate, who's also. A veteran of the uh, the women's ban- uh, women's bantamweight division. Misha Tate was also fighting during the golden years of the women's division back in 2016 to e- even present day. I, I feel like we're still in the golden days of the uh, the women's division. Um, and she she brought out the win on that as well. That was back in 2021, I think. I think we um, I, I remember that fight. I think um, I think I was on the show. I think. I think it was like when I first started doing the show that that fight happened. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, very very good fight. And um, yeah. on that card, uh, we, we got some more some more great fights on that card. Um, mm-hmm. There's uh, Michael Pieta. Michael Pieta, uh, he's fighting. He's the dude that jumps around and does all the the crazy backflips and crazy spinning kicks and flying knees all around the arena. And mm-hmm. he does he does kind of you know, overextend himself sometimes. You know, you see him when he gets in there and, you know, he takes the wrong jump or he takes the wrong backflip or, you know, he tries to do something um, very, uh, you know, Joe Bodie. And um, Mm -hmm. he's going to get caught with, you know, maybe a lucky right hand or maybe not even lucky. He's going to slip up, maybe put one of his hands down. And one of these, mm-hmm. one of these fights, if he keeps up, I mean, he's gonna get rocked. He's, he's gonna get knocked out. That's, I mean, we've seen him. Um, he's lost before in the UFC. He doesn't have an undefeated um, record in the UFC. He did, he did win his last fight, which I did see that. Um, and it was, you know, obviously, I love watching this man fight. He's one of my favorite fighters. Um, mm-hmm. just because of his you know his style of fighting and the way he way he jumps around and the way he the way he um, maneuvers himself around the octagon and his style of attack and he hasn't really fought a lot of um, you know top fifteen prospects or or anybody you know too amazing he did fight Diego Sanchez who I think was his toughest opponent yet. He did lose by disqualification in round three, and 
Um, I, I think he's grown a lot from from that um, from that loss. Obviously, you know, it was it was a disqualification, so it wasn't like he did anything to get. You know, he, it wasn't like he got finished, or you know, he got submitted, or you know, or anything happened. He got disqualified, and I I don't remember watching that fight, uh, so I can't really commentate on how it how it went. Um, but I do I remember it pretty clearly. What do you say? I remember that fight pretty clearly. He was putting it on Diego. He was undressing Diego, taking Diego apart. In the third round, Diego was on the ground. He landed a knee. So he landed a knee to a ground opponent. And uh, Diego uh, said he couldn't continue. uh, But most thought Diego could continue. So that was kind of the big thing. But since Uh, that fight, uh, Michael Pajeda has won four in a row. So uh, oh, yeah. he hasn't he hasn't lost since that fight. So. Um, but yet Holly Holm fighting um, fighting tonight main event. Make sure you tune in if you if if you really love um, really love the sport. Make sure you tune in and you see that you know I I I have my girl I I have my girl Holly Holm taking it by I don't know probably I'm gonna say. You know, I don't think I don't think she has a lot of finishing power left in her. So if she can take this for the long haul, all five rounds against a, a killer like Caitlin Vieira, maybe she can pull out the win. Um, but honestly, actually, Caitlin Vieira actually might win. I, I don't really know because Caitlin Vieira is kind of she's a grindstone. She gets you in there and she will grind you down. You know, she'll wear you out. She'll make you tired. Um, especially to the, especially to the older fighters, you know they they again they don't have a lot of stand left in them, um, and Holly Holm is forty years old, um, and that's a, that's a lot to even be in this profession. Tom Brady throwing footballs, throwing touchdowns, winning Super Bowls at forty four, and uh, you know he has he has no sign of slowing down, but you know Tom Brady's not even human, so I guess that's okay. But uh, he's not getting beat yeah. up. In the greater one, go yeah, yeah, there's a lot different than you know getting tackled versus getting punched in the face. Holly, why do you keep saying forty? Like it's a bad thing, you know. It's like a dirty hey, word hey, to you. Would, would you want to fight? Would you Would you want to get beaten when you were forty years old? Go, go in I there. Did. <laughs> did you I like it? The pictures. Did you like have, it? Have, have Frank show you the pictures to prove it. I sent them to him. That's why I say yeah. I have a Roman nose. It tends to roam all over my face. You know. <laughs> oh yeah. But did you they like spread it? my nose time. like peanut butter? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Is the adrenaline? I'm addicted to it. <laughs> I got metal sure, parts I in me. Yeah. I can still do it today. <laughs> hey Bob, let me ask you something. In the last week, or two weeks. Uh, in the octagon, there's been uh, maybe three or four uh, first round knockouts. Uh, we even had uh, like, uh, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Petrosky, uh actually choked out uh, uh, Maximin, uh, uh, Nick Maxo uh, cold in the in the first round. What what do we do? Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't know what to what we're looking for. What would you think? What kind of draw, draw conclusion can you draw from that? Well, I mean, everyone's going in with the you know. Okay, so let me. 
back up again to a couple of the fights that we were just talking about. Um, the thing is, you know, if you remember way back in when UFC started, everyone came in with a moniker. You know, I was a kickboxer. I was a jiu-jitsu guy. I'm a boxer. I'm a wrestler. And then, it became, you know, you had to become, you know, mixed martial arts. You had to be good, um, you know, in every division. The jiu-jitsu guys showed that. The wrestlers showed that. My coach, Maurice Smith, went out and proved that. So, you've got to be well-rounded, you know? So when these guys are coming in with these different styles and you get uh, matched up unequally and you, you can't necessarily keep it, you know, if you're a stand-up fighter on the feet and you get caught in a real quick uh, uh, guillotine or rear naked, you know, I'm, we go back a couple weeks ago uh, and I'm still eating crow. Thank you, uh, Caden. But, um, you know, Gagey against Oliveira, you know, I mean, Oliveira came out with the superior jiu-jitsu and just ended up catching it. Uh, and we're talking about mm-hmm. a D1 wrestler here. So going forward to tonight, you know, these guys, uh, they might get a little mismatched and, and, and take a clean shot. That's why I love this sport, and I love the striking and the boxing style of it. You know, even when I teach, um, a, a lot of kids come in because I teach quote-unquote Muay Thai kickboxing. But they'll come in with their arms out like a, a Thai fighter. I'm like, I, okay, I get that. Um, that you want to train that, and I'll teach you that, but an American boxer is going to rip you apart. So stop it. Get your hands down. Tuck in. Uh, you, you know what I mean? Just stop with that until you can figure out how to box. Don't even bring your elbows and knees into it, you, you know? Um, so going into tonight with Holly Holmes versus uh, Vera, you know, you've got a, a, an amazing uh, athlete at four years old that has, that has done really well. And, and the thing that makes me so proud about Holly Holmes is she was the one, and I was screaming back in the Ronda Rousey day, not taking anything away from Ronda, but everyone went out, like Catanzagano, all the people that had a chance to beat her, and tried to beat Ronda Ronda's wit. You can't do that. You, you know what I mean? You And, and so uh, Holly Holmes went out and fought her her style her her own fight and ended up getting the knockout on on Ronda or the nice head kick you know so tonight we're matching up Holly Holmes a very conditioned uh, athlete at her age um, and if she can stay away um, from her opponent and do her striking she's got a really good chance and she can take it into the later rounds but if mm-hmm. uh, 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 Vera gets in on her. Now, Vera's a, a, I I don't know if she's a black belt, but she's a very well, you know, ranked jujitsu artist. So she gets in there. I think she's number six in the rankings and she's younger. And so she's going to have that drive. um, So she has a chance there. So anybody, when you, when you match a striker versus a grappler, vice versa, and and a grappler doesn't have his hands up, he's going to get a quick knockout. Or if a striker goes in for a takedown and not doesn't clear the arm for the choke, they're going to get a quick, quick, um, you know, guillotine. Uh, uh, um, and then going into the the other fight tonight that Caden was talking about, um, the the Michael Kiera. So then you've got those guys. And then there's always those guys, the quote-unquote those guys. And I like watching Pierre because, again, he's aware alive. You, you know what I mean? Go you, you know, the island fighters and stuff. I don't even remember where it comes to from. But, uh, you know, and it, it reminds me of blood sport. You're bringing in all these different styles, and they're trying to do it. You know, I mean, you've got uh, Wonder Boy, who is fantastic karate, but there's very few that are. So stop doing that. You go with what works. So I like all the different style matchups and the things that we have going on, and that's what keeps it very exciting for me. Hey, uh, Ty, uh, 
I was absolutely floored this afternoon when I uh, read uh, Billy Joe Saunders is coming back um, in I'm sorry, September. I lost you. Yeah, I lost part of the question. No, yeah, I am, but I, I mouth during part of the question. Oh, the question was I, I, Billy Joe Saunders coming back in September. Yeah, not a sure thing, but yeah, right now it's not a sure thing because um, mm-hmm. Billy Joe Saunders hasn't actually said anything. Um, but his team has said that you know they 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 think he wants to come back and. They're looking at, you know, September uh, later in the year for potential comeback. So he hasn't actually spoken out and said it yet, but his team is speaking and putting feelers out there apparently. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. How about uh, uh, tonight's fight? We got uh, Benavides against uh, Lemieux. What's your thought on that one? All right. Who? Benavides and Lemieux. Against Lemieux, oh, that that that's going to be a cracker uh, for however long it lasts. Lemieux is a CTV because he's a dynamic puncher, but very flawed. Um, obviously, you know the aforementioned Billy Joe Saunders completely undressed him, outboxed him, shut him out over twelve rounds, and uh, that was, if you remember, that was the uh, Billy Joe Saunders performance that Doctor Chris raved about. Doctor Chris. And that mm-hmm. one night said Billy Joe reminded him of Muhammad Ali. I'll never forget that because Billy Joe did look that good that night. Uh, part of it is yeah. due to David Lemieux's flaws. Uh, the problem for, for Lemieux is he wouldn't beat Benavidez, in my opinion, if they were fighting at 160, which is uh, the weight Lemieux came up and fought most of his career at. Over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. as Lemieux's gotten older, he's 34 now, he's fighting at 168. Benavidez is a monster at 168. Benavidez is every bit of six feet two, you know, and he, he, he makes 168, but he could easily fight at 175. Just a huge frame. And what he is, too, is he's, he, he, he has great technique, but he's also a big, durable, you know, at times high-volume puncher. He fights downhill. Uh, his problem at times is discipline. He can be a little relaxed in the ring and discipline outside the ring has actually cost him his title on two occasions through cocaine use and through failing to make weight. Um, but he is definitely the real deal. He is the monster at that weight. I expect it to be a cracker of a fight for however long the Mew hangs in there. But uh, David Benavidez should break the Mew down. Uh, over the course of, of rounds and, and be able to go ahead and get him out of there, I would think, within the you know mid to late rounds. Lemieux does have a puncher's chance, but uh, Benavidez has shown he could take a good shot. It's quite durable, and Lemieux's power is never translated at 168 the way it uh, articulated at 160. So you got to go with uh, Benavidez in the mid to late round stoppage, I believe. Hey, uh, excuse me, Caden, what do you think uh, Junior Dos Santos uh, popped his shoulder in the middle of the match and lost his senior match because of it? Are you talking about um, uh, Alexander uh, Rachich versus Blahovich? What are you talking about? No, but uh, it was uh, Junior Dos Santos. Oh, Junior Dos Santos. When, yeah. when did he fight? 
Yeah, it was uh, in Eagle FC. Before. They fought over in Florida. Yeah, it was, uh, it was oh, in Eagle FC. promotion. They fought against De Castro. Yeah. I did not know that. He, he, I thought he was. I thought he retired. I thought he was done. Well, the UFC level right there. Yeah, the I UFC did not know that at all. So, yeah, he fought the I main event know. against the, the, the Mad Titan Jurgen Del Castro last night. He looked good. He was, you know, against Jurgen Del Castro's, you know, not necessarily uh, a world beater, but he's a good fighter. And uh, Dos Santos was piecing him up over the rounds, and in the third round, his shoulder popped out, dislocated his shoulder. So he actually lost the fight by uh, injury TKO because he dislocated the shoulder. He actually tried to pop it back in where they could stop it, but it was, you know, my last. That, that, um, so, yeah. that, that, that basically happened, like, last weekend versus Jan Blachowicz versus Alexander Rejic. Um, Blachowicz oh, yeah. won because of mid-third mid round. The fight was extremely even up until this point. Um, he takes a wrong... Rachel takes a long step back and his knee just blew out and he fell over and they stopped the fight and blow which one because of a, a, a medical what's it what's it called medical stoppage something like that it's something called medical stoppage um yeah, but, yeah. injury TKO yeah yeah injury, injury, and, and Rachel actually yeah, had to uh end up getting the ACL surgery this week he tore his ACL mm-hmm. so he just went under the knife this week so uh, that's, wow. that's unfortunate that's very unfortunate yeah, it sucks because that's going to, you know, he's a young guy, man. That's And he was an up-and-coming contender, and that's going to put him out for, uh, you know, obviously for probably the rest of this year. So, uh, but yeah. honestly, though, that's the light heavyweight division, you know, with, um, I feel like Glover Sierra when he fights uh, Yuri, I don't know how to I don't know how to say his last name, so I'm not even going to try to pronounce Prashka. it. And then it starts yeah, Prashka. That's what, what Prashka. Is it? yeah. Prashka. Prashka. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Um, but yeah, Yuri, when he goes up against Glover, it's not gonna be pretty. He's gonna. I, that's that's my when that when that fight comes up and when we when we talk about that fight, I already have my 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 uh, my picks for that fight. I already know you know what? It's, it's I love Yuri, and we'll talk about that fight right when it comes up. I love Yuri. Yeah, Yuri has a, a, a win over my guy that that in Nimkov. Uh, Nimkov, who currently is the Bellator light heavyweight champion, uh, uh, Yuri has a win over him in, in Russia. Yuri is very proven. Uh, Yuri's a killer. I favor him. I, you know, right now I lean towards him. As the fight gets closer and I start watching footage, I'm gonna start thinking of some things. But I clearly see a path to victory for Glover Teixeira. When the fight was first announced, I was like Glover's gonna get murdered. But the more I've been thinking about it, I was like, you know. I don't know because Glover's such an opportunist, and I don't know. So it's, it, it's I, I, right now I lean towards Yuri, but there's something about Glover that makes me think he's very dangerous for a guy like Yuri too. So it's it's just can it's a matter of can can uh, Glover keep up with Yuri? Because if Yuri gets too far ahead of him, you know he's he's, he's not going to slow him down, you know. No. Glover's not a guy who goes in there and gets some wild, you know, show-stopping knockout after he's been beaten nope. up for two rounds. You know, that's not the um, not the type of guy he is. Um, but uh, I have, you, you know, we have seen him go in there. He put up one hell of a fight against John Jones, and that was prime John Jones. Probably 
you know, one of the greatest fighters we will ever see, which is what I, not, I'm not going to say one of the greatest fighters. I think John Jones is the greatest UFC fighter of all time, in my, in my, in my uh, opinion. And I know a lot of people are going to get mad at me for saying that because of Khabib. But Khabib only had nine UFC fights. No, no, nobody's going to get mad at you. You can't now. No. No, cause might, I said that so many times, and you, yeah, you'd be yeah, surprised no. how many people yeah. are so, you know, you know, true and true and true to, no. to, to Khabib. To their casual fans, not like you, bro. He's a hardcore fan. He's oh, in yeah. the know. No, 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 no. Thank you. And I love Khabib, but no, 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 no. Hey, Bob, what do you think? Uh, uh, I was just saying to you. Uh, Dustin Poirier has got a fight with uh, Stephen Thompson. Coming up uh, July 30th. What's your thoughts on that? I didn't hear anything about it. Poirier versus Thompson, like Wonder Boy? Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Uh, that'll be interesting. Um, yeah, I didn't hear anything about that one. But uh, I, I would I would have to take Poirier in that. I mean, again, Wonder Boy is fun to watch. But uh, when guys come out and they throw that wild stuff, it's amazing and it's spectacular when it works and, and they pull it off, but it just doesn't happen all that often. All right. All right. I have a uh, Paul Daly uh, uh, last week knocked out uh, Wendell. Uh, what is it? Yeah, Bono. Bono. Do you know do anything about that? One? No, I didn't hear about that was, one either. I apologize. It was Paul, it was, it's Paul Daly's retirement fight. Uh, he wanted one more. And uh, he won his fight as so many uh, as he's won so many. A blistering knockout rendered his opponent unconscious, walk off. So uh, Paul Daly, um, after like 60 fights, uh, actually spent a you know I don't know if you guys remember this. Paul Daly spent some time in the UFC. Actually was banned from the UFC because after uh, he had a he had a rivalry with Josh Koscheck, talked a lot of smack back and forth. And then Josh Koscheck basically laid on him for three rounds, which, you know, Josh Koscheck can do. And at the end of the fight, Paul uh, Daly got up and took a swing at him. So uh, Dana White banned him from the UFC from that. That's why he's, you know, been fighting in Bellator uh, and, and never even back to the UFC. So, yeah, it was his retirement fight, second-round knockout. He looked good. That's it for him. Good career. Good career. Never made it to, to champion. Um, but still a, a great career. His fight with Nick Diaz will probably go down in history as one of the all-time great one-round classic fights. Awesome fight. Google it. YouTube Nick Diaz, Paul Daly, and you will be thrilled for four minutes and like 57 seconds. Brilliant. All right, Neil, here's one. I'm going to pass it around to everybody. We'll start with, uh, we'll start with Caden. Uh, a dream match of Daniel Cormier and Khabib. Can that Khabib come out of, out of retirement and take it? Will he? Well, it's, it, I don't think that fight what? would happen, but if it did happen, I mean, this I, I, this is how I think it would go. I mean, they're both, you know, Khabib's actually not really that old, but I don't really think he's been training that much. And from what I've read, he's actually like up to 190. So he's more like a light heavyweight Khabib. Uh, he's no longer a, a lightweight like he like he used to compete at, and Daniel Cormier mm-hmm. is you know he hasn't fought in 
God knows how long. I don't know. I don't really know the the exact year. One of you guys probably know. Um, so if they were gonna fight in their prime, Daniel Cormier would dominate, obviously, because you know, he's heavyweight and could be with a lightweight. Um, I mean, I I don't really even I don't really even know how to how to speak on that fight other than I just know it won't happen. Um, yeah, but, that's how yeah. you speak on it. Never going to happen. They're they're super really good friends. Um, they train together, so any any talk about it is them literally joking around because they joke around and goof around a lot. Uh, in fact, if you get a chance, go on YouTube and see some of the videos of Cormier and uh, could be. But if anything, they should have their own sitcom. They are so funny together. Uh, however, mm-hmm. with that said, you're talking about a lightweight and a heavyweight. So that's as far as I'm going to even speak on that. It'd be a waste of breath to speak anymore on a lightweight, all-time great lightweight against an all-time great heavyweight. We talk about that in boxing. It's like, oh, who would win, Mike Tyson or Floyd Mayweather? No, that's not a dream fight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. So uh, I don't know where it came from or how it even matched up, but like uh, like you said, they're, they're buddies. You know what I mean? They train together. You can go on YouTube and see their little clips and Cormier just being amazed by the stuff that, that, that Khabib can do at his weight. But Cormier is a, not my favorite guy on the planet, but also uh, uh, a, a, a undisputed and a, a world champion and a phenomenal athlete um, and, and a fantastic wrestler. Now, to Caden's point, uh, you know, us, us, us older fighters, you know, though we retire, we, until we can't move, we never stop. You know what I mean? And so I'll, I guarantee until the day they die, Cormier and Khabib are rolling with their students, um, still training mm-hmm. to some degree, um, maybe not as hard as, like, they're getting ready for a fight, but they're in there. And Khabib's, you know, constantly um, just uh, focused on Makachev. You know what I mean? Makachev's one of his fighters, and he's got his organization mm-hmm. going on. And um, and then that's the division they're talking about. And um, – so Khabib's got his organization going on. Cormier is a different weight, uh, and 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 he's you know uh, Khabib's got his uh, his fighter uh, stockpile. So I do want to throw out a quote though from Khabib about the division in the UFC, and it says Charles Oliveira is champ. I agree with him, um, but you know he was talking about not making weight. So, but he's not undisputed, brother. If he beats Islam, of course I'm going to feel bad. But people are going to talk about, oh, Khabib can come back. Please leave me alone. Let these guys fight. This is a different time. We're going to come to Brazil. Islam's going to ride Charles Oliveira like a horse. We're going to take this belt. We're going to show them that Sambo was easy. It would be called jiu-jitsu. And we're going to go home with the UFC lightweight belt. So that was a recent quote from Khabib uh, trying to put together a fight between Oliveira and him in Brazil. So Khabib's not coming out of retirement. He's busy. And and like Caden said, like, have you seen Khabib recently? Like Caden mentioned he's up to 190. And like, literally he's gained 40 pounds in his face and neck. Like Khabib is huge now (laughs) compared to his fighting weight. Like he is a guy, and, and you know, he always, like he was, there was an article about him. He was so happy about these freaking goats he bought for his farm. 
and he's happy about his, his organization and his team, and he just wants Islam to, to win the belt. That's what he wants. That's, that's, that's what that quote was all about. He wants Islam to win the belt. He's the guy who made a promise, and it, you know, obviously he, he retired at the height of his career based on a promise he made to his mother. Um, that said, there was always going to be speculation that he was going to come back at 30. But looking at him now, man, that looks, he looks like a guy who enjoys re- retirement. And Khabib is, one, <laughs> Khabib is one of those ex-fighters, man, where you're going to see him in 20 years. He's going to be like 230, 240 at 5'7". Like, it's yeah. like he is you – know, like, have you guys seen Prince not seeing how mad lately? You remember the Prince Butch? Prince fought right, at 145. Yeah. He is every bit. He fought at one forty, like one forty-seven, not one forty-seven, one twenty-six. The boxer, one twenty-six, five seven, five six. First I see him, how mad is every bit of two hundred and sixty pounds. He, he looks, and there's nothing wrong with that. These guys worked hard, man. They they spent decades keeping their body finally tuned. He looks like he's mm-hmm. enjoying retirement right now. He's really eating the same thing over and over every day for you know a week or two in a row. So once you quit doing that, it's like oh burgers, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey uh, Ty, what do you think of Tank Davidson? Uh, um, who is it, Romano tonight? Well, that's next oh, week, the twenty eighth. Yeah. Um, Interesting fight, interesting fight. Both big punchers, both undefeated. Uh, Frank Davis you know, is, is, is highly thought of for his skill set and for his power. Rondo Romero, Raleigh Romero, is not as well known. Um, but uh, what he is, is he, he's, you know, he's just a big, like 135, he's a big, fearless, hard-hitting guy. So he potentially... I could present Tex for problems. Tex should be able to outbox him, outmaneuver him, hit him with an, enough big shots to for minus and maybe eventually break him down for a stoppage. But probably has no respect for Tank Davis. None. None. Mm-hmm. And um, not only no respect, but he has, in his mind, he believes he's going to destroy Tank Davis. And, um, and you know, when a guy has that in his, in his mindset, Bob can tell you better than anybody. When a guy in his mindset thinks he is just better than a guy, like thinks he is physically, thinks, you know what? If me and this guy was in prison, he would be washing my underwear. Like when a guy thinks that about another guy, he's going to be hard to beat, even if he's outskilled. Am I right, Bob? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, on the flip side of that, I've lost fights walking to the ring. You, you know what I mean? If, my, if your head's if your head's not in it, and, and you're thinking yeah. about an injury, or you're not, you know, if you're not going in with that mentality that I am going to dominate and I'm going to go in there and give my best, then you won't. Yeah. Hey, uh, you already think you have the measure of the guy. You have to be disciplined before you start breaking and not believing you could beat that guy. You have to be punished to get to that point. Any outbox is not enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you have a guy who really thinks he has a measure of it. 
Yeah, my comeback hey, uh, was 39. I wanted to get I wanted to get one out before I was 40, and and I gave up 40 pounds, and and he got me down <laughs> and started delivering those elbows and smeared my nose around my face. But uh, I still came out the second round, and and I got the ref stoppage while I was getting up. You know what I mean? And I felt I felt I, it was stopped. But again, you know, the spirit of an older guy, like you got to kill me before I'm gonna stop. You know, yeah. not, it wasn't never the yeah. bri- wasn't the never what wasn't quite the brightest fella. You know what I mean? Uh, stay in school, kids. Uh, and then, um, but you know, my opponent, yeah, I had him to the point where I, I at this point in my career, I knew what was just superficial pain and and what was injury. Big difference too. That's, that's important. Big. Very profound statement. Caden, what do you think of uh, Susan McMahon versus uh, Aspen Ladd coming up next month? You said Aspen Ladd versus who? I didn't hear the first Susan part. Susan McMahon. Sarah McMahon. Sarah oh, McMahon. Sarah McMahon. Is that Sarah the, uh, McMahon. the British girl? Yeah, the one who just yes. won by the spinning back fist knockout, Sarah McMahon. Yeah, yeah, the meatball, meatball is that, is that her name? Is that her nickname? The meatball. Yeah, meatball. Yeah, I love that girl. She's she's very she's very um entertaining, but she's uh she's uh she's going up against I'm I'm extremely sorry. Who who do you I'm sorry who did you say? Aspen Ladd. Aspen, Aspen oh Ladd. yeah, Aspen Ladd. Aspen Ladd goes out there, and she puts on a show too. Um, yeah. two very, I mean, Meatball, she, she can hit, I mean, that, that spinning back this knockout was probably one of the best knockouts I've seen from the women's division ever, probably top five. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that, that says a lot, you know, there's, there's been a lot of great fighters out there, a lot of, a lot of show stopping, um, female fighters mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. for, for her to, you know, come off, especially riding a massive hype train. And we've seen that either benefit or defect the fighters. You know, it can it mm-hmm. can either hurt you or help your career because, you know, some people feel like they have to live up to the hype. And some people just feel out their surroundings and they live up to it, you know. And I guess, you know, in, this, in, this, uh, in her upcoming fight against Aspen Ladd, we're really going to see, you know, is she, is she really, you know, about that, is she really a real actual contender? Um, you know, is she about that life? Can she go in there and, and can she can she stop Aspen Ladd, somebody who's you know top fifteen? You know, she she's she has a lot going for her right now. I'm pretty sure she's top fifteen. Uh, last time I checked, she was ranked. Um, but uh, you know, and for her to go out there, she has to prove her. She has to prove herself. In, in that octagon, and I think she knows this as well. You know, she go, she's going into this fight, and she she knows this is probably going to be her deciding moment. If she goes in there and she gets humiliated, you know, she gets knocked out, and she just gets, you know, ran, completely ran over by Aspen Ladd and her, you know, her technical uh, abilities when it comes to, you know, all-around fighting. And I, we haven't, we didn't see a lot of, um, a lot of uh, meatballs going to the ground, and we haven't seen, you know, a lot of her. If she has, you know, excellent wrestling or anything like that, um, but we have seen Aspen Ladd go out there and and work on and get some ground handles. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's an excellent wrestler. She get if she gets, if she gets uh, meatball Molly on the ground, and she keeps her there. 
I I really don't think there's going to be a lot to, to pick her up. It's kind of like this um, uh, Patty Pimblet. Patty Pimblet. They're basically like best friends. I'm pretty sure they're they're they're, they're um they're training partners. They're both um from England. And you know I'm not I'm not completely sold on this guy. You know I think you know he's gotten rocked in a lot of his fights. A lot of a lot yeah. of him getting rocked in the first round, and he was fighting yeah. relatively. You know, I'm not going to say nobodies because everybody can make a name for themselves. Unlike guys, unlike guys. Um, but you know, not guys that were, you know, top fifteen. Not not guys who go in there and are known to be title contenders. So once she goes in there and fights, kind of like when Hamzat fought, um, uh, um, Lee Jing Liang. You know, that was kind of his deciding moment. You know, it's same with Gilbert Burns. Um. But you know, I, if he goes in there and he changes my mind, I'm completely open to that. I want him to go in there and change yeah. my mind. I want him to go in there and and get a show stopping finish or or dominate somebody for all of three rounds of his fight and prove himself to be an actual title contender because he is not in an easy division at all. He is in probably the hardest division in the UFC, the lightweight division. And I'm sure a lot of you guys know you know, Charles Oliveira, um, Dust, uh, uh, Dustin Poirier, you know, uh, sometimes Conor McGregor, um, Charles Oliveira, Islam Makhachev. He has a lot of a lot of guys that he needs to fight and beat um, to get to get to the, the the championship level. And I really don't think he's going to be able to do that. At least not in the UFC. Maybe he can. You know, give him a couple of years to develop and you know get his uh, get his game up because I know he was a you know a champion over in I don't know where was it like uh, he's fighting is Cage Warriors down? I don't really know where he's he UK. UK. What, what do you used to fight? In the UK. UK. In the UK. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to figure out what show, what fighting. Um, uh, I think it was Cage Warriors. Fight for. But uh, yeah, so if he can, if if both of them can kind of come up together, that would that would be a cool, you know, Hollywood story, I guess. Um, but I I honestly don't see both of them going and getting a belt anytime soon. You know, the thing is, is Patty's younger in the game. Molly Molly's been around for a little bit, and I love what you said because I thought it was apropos. Right, that the question on Molly is. She finally be a you know a real contender. Can she put it all together and really be a contender? Um, she had a she had a very you know the, the knockout. You said top five women. That's one of the best knockouts I've seen any sex. You know it was just a dynamic spinning back this knockout. She folded the chick like an accordion. With that said, you know she was fighting too was also brutally open for any kind of shot. She would always pull out with her hands down, and Molly was setting that shot up. Beautiful, beautiful thinking by Molly. Um, and she's riding that wave of momentum because that happened also in London, in the U.K., in front of her home crowd. The crowd went wild. Um, but she's fighting, like you said, a different challenge. The thing about Aspen Lads, there's some questions out on her, too. She came in as a hot prospect. She hasn't quite lived up to the hype. So I love that you were talking about the hype. So there are a lot of questions with, with both ladies um, in this in that fight next week. You know, and um, whoever comes on 
out on top is going to set themselves up uh, against a higher-level contender. So that's a good one. As far as Patty Pimblett, I think what you're saying is absolutely right. Um, he's lethal on the ground, lethal on the ground. He's got charisma. That's why Dana White signed him. But he needs to shore up his striking defense, just like you said. He gets rocked in every fight that we've seen him so far. So, you know, he's young. He's not ready for top 15. He said he doesn't want to fight, you know, anybody right until he gets paid more anyway. Um, so he has time to grow, but he's got to get it done. He's got to shore up his striking defense. That kind of vulnerability makes him exciting to watch because it looks like he could get knocked out any time. But like Caden said, it doesn't, uh, doesn't, it doesn't bode well when you start reaching the upper echelons of the top 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I agree. I stepped away from. Sorry, I set the phone down. Mm-hmm. No problem. Hey, uh, Ty. Uh, two other things we have here: uh, Anthony Joshua and Alexander Yusik uh, coming up. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? You know, I, 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 I. I my, I'm kind of all over the place on that fight. I love Usyk. Usyk is is actually my favorite active fighter, um, and we know he you know he completely outboxed Anthony Joshua last time. Uh, with that mm-hmm. said, <laughs> there's a war in Ukraine, Usyk's homeland. Usyk spent time in Ukraine fighting in a war. Um, one mm-hmm. of the things I heard, and this is just a rumor, so you know I don't I don't know if if this is factual, I didn't hear Usyk said it, but I heard, you know, one of Usyk's teams said that, you know, apparently when, you know, he went back over there and first started fighting, he lost like 28 pounds. Yeah, you're fighting the war. Mm-hmm. So until I see, like, I, I really won't feel one way or the other or confident even trying to pick that fight, probably until I see the weigh-ins and, see them face-to-face at the weigh-ins and see, you know, what kind of physical shape Usyk's in, what his eyes look like, um, and, you know, see what his skin looks like so I can kind of determine his health. And, you know, you really don't know what a fighter's spirit is until you see him gloved up. So this one's kind of tough for me because the whole situation going on, you know, with Ukraine, and obviously our prayers are out to, to you know, the people in Ukraine as well as all the people suffering wars all over the world. Um, Nonetheless, you know, with that going on and the toll is taken on him physically and not only spiritually and mentally, I, you know, I got to see where this guy is at now. You know, again, his team said he's fighting for truth and justice and, you know, things of that nature. But I got to, I got to really see where the guy's at. He's been through an ordeal that, you know, not many of us go through, and none of us would wish to go through. So, you know, I just got to see where he's at before I make any kind of determination on that one. And we got uh, uh, Keith wants to get back in the ring. Uh, so much he wants anybody. You know, Ben uh, said he's not going to talk. He's not going to talk to him because when Keith is on top, Keith wouldn't talk to him. Uh, I mean, these guys that came up through the. Uh, had come up through the amateurs together and fought many times in the amateurs. Um, and I thought we're friends, and I, it certainly seems that there's just some kind of a, uh, money get, comes between everybody, of course. But uh, in trying to find a, an opponent, they came up with a guy by the name of 
Garen Ennis out of Philadelphia. He's got these yeah. 29 and 0. Wow. Wow. Uh, do you know anything about him? Oh, I know a lot about him. The, the, the whole boxing world uh, knows about him. He actually practically by the boxing world is anointed as the guy. He's anointed as the guy. Right now, if that fight would have happened, Keith is a champion who is a, a, a you former unified champion who's only lost once. If that fight would have mm-hmm. happened, most boxing writers and boxing experts would pick Ennis to beat Keith, with a lot of them picking him to stop Keith by body shots. Ennis mm-hmm. looks the part. You know, until you fight the fight, you don't know, but he looks the part. Right. He's tall, he's tall, and he's big for the division. Um, and, you know, he he has every skill set in the book. You know, he's fast, he's, he's I mean, he, he's well-skilled. He's, he's got great defensive reflexes. Only uh, criticism on him is that at times he's been able to get hit with shots he shouldn't get hit with. And part of the reason why he's gotten hit with shots, I remember watching him fighting Sergey Limpinitz, who was a former 140-pound titleist. And he got mm-hmm. hit with a shot. I mean, he, he walked through the shot. The reason why he got hit with the shot was because he was punishing Sergey Limpinitz. And he has a busy jab. He got a first, second-round knockout over an undefeated fighter uh, on the undercard of last week's Jamal, uh, Jamal Charlo-Brian uh, Castano fight. So most people think he is the guy to take over the welterweight division once Spence and Crawford sort it out. Obviously, right now, uh, Spence and Crawford are closer to having that fight made happen than ever before. So Keith Thurman's kind of going to be out the picture for Spence. I, I honestly thought if the Crawford fight didn't happen, Spence was going to probably fight Keith. But it looks like there's mm-hmm. a good chance of the Crawford fight happening. I also yeah. read that Jerron Ennis' team is talking to Showtime Steven Espinosa about a potential fight with Keith. What I also read is mm-hmm. a lot of people don't think Keith will take that fight. Um, because it's such a dangerous fight, it's not a big money fight. Uh, so, you know, Keith is a businessman. They think business will, you know, preclude him from taking that fight. Nonetheless, it's a good fight. Um, Keith, like, I don't, again, Ennis has never fought somebody like Keith. So, you know, and he's 24 years old. But Ennis, again, man, he's like 27-0 with 25 knockouts. Um, and it's time for his level of competition to, to step up. Keith is a former champion. It's a natural fight to make. It's progression. Um, but it's a, it's a very dangerous fight for both guys. I mean, yes, Ennis, Ennis is, is the guy they think is the next big thing. Um, and uh, if he were to fight Keith and beat Keith the way a lot of people believe, um, then, yeah, you know, I would go a long way to proving that maybe he is that dude. Okay. Boots Ennis, Jerron Boots Ennis. Yes, learn that name from what I'm hearing. I've been hearing about, like, they've been talking about this kid, uh, literally, he's 24. They've been talking about this kid since, like, since he was in his, like, you know, in his teens, 20s. Like, this kid is coming. This kid is coming. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't really know until they fight someone who is, 
you know, equal in quality and equal in skill set and everything. But, uh, yeah, man, they think this kid's – like, this kid is predicted to eventually be a pound-for-pound pound player. So, yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. When we get, if we have Keith on the show, ask Keith about him. Uh, he, he bought, what do you Tim Alvarez, uh, Daniel Alvarez, uh, and, uh, Michael Olszewski. Coming up August 6th. Did you lose you? We're we, we, talking about Kate, Kate, right? Yeah. No, 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 that was for Bob. Oh, oh who, who was it? Alves, Sam Alves. Alves uh, versus Michael Olazweski. Who the name's Butch? Smiling Sam sounds like. Smiling Sam Alves. Yes, Michael Olazweski, O-L-E-S-K-S-I-Z-D. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure of the fight of that matchup, but I always like smiling Sam. I mean, he's great. You know, I think he was the last one when he got knocked out, so I think he's coming off that loss. But that will be. I always like watching him. Good, he's a great fighter. I was kind of distracted there. Sorry, the I know I'm going to destroy these names, but we just had a middleweight fight of. Chidi Nijokani uh, just destroyed Dusko Tordovac Tordovic uh, with an inside right elbow. It was fantastic. Excellent kick by, or uh, tie elbow. Um, the UFC, they were going back and forth with some great strikes, both incredible athletes giving it their all, and he got caught on the inside for a knockout. So it was pretty awesome. So sorry for that distraction. Hey, no problem. Okay. Um, hey, Bob. Hey, Bob. Yes, sir. We were talking about the fight. I had to take my ear away from the phone because since I'm doing the show, I'm not watching them, right? So I'm going to watch them uh-huh. later on. So I was like, I can't hear it. I can't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I got I got yeah. it going in the background. I'm kind of standing up from the desk looking over my wife's cabinet, you know. I was like, wow. <laughs> like, I'll watch it after the show. Like, I'll, I'll watch it. Like, I got a, a site where I can watch it after. You know? So I was like, uh, yeah, I'll just catch the whole card after the show. And then you start talking. I was like, okay, let me just take my ear away from the phone. Is he done yet? He's done. I was like, cool. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. Hey, uh, Ty, one of, your, uh, one of your other favorites, uh, John, John Pascal, defeated uh, uh, Frank Murray this week. Uh, what would you think of that one? John Pascal was nowhere near one of my favorites. A guy who tested positive for four bad substances. That's it. That's it. I'm done with you. Uh, so, yeah, he came back. He he beat a, uh, a long man who, who was undefeated and, you know, was a contender but was severely untested at 34 years old. When you see these boxers who, you know, have maybe have an Olympic pedigree, they're undefeated and they're 34 years old and you really don't know them, then what they've been doing yeah. is kind of just making money in their country, not fighting anybody because they can put on a show and 
you know, but when you step them up, they're not ready for that level of competition. He fought well, but right. Pascal took him to deep waters and beat him. You know what I mean? Ultimately decisioned him, um, mm-hmm. which is what I thought Pascal would do. Even at his advanced age, I figured he'd win. Uh, I'm kind of mm-hmm. done with Pascal, man. Four banned substances. Four. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And once you start talking HTH, once you start talking EPO, you're talking stuff talking shit that has to be injected. That's it, right. man. I can't. And I, I used to like Pascal, but I can't get down with that. You know what I mean? I can get down. Like, if you say, oh, I got to take this substance, you may be lying, but it's believable. I, okay, that can happen. I mean, <laughs> how does somebody accidentally inject you with a steroid? Nah, man, I can't get down with Pascal anymore. <laughs> it was an everything bagel. <laughs> Like, like, uh, remember we had Stevie Cunningham on the show several, several years ago. He was railing about it. And he said, you know what? Yeah. It won't until somebody actually dies. <laughs> so, because, I mean, that's assault, man. You know what I mean? So, you know, again, Stevie said it's going to take someone to die before they really clean it up. He got caught. Mm-hmm. But four banned substances, two of them had to be injected. And <laughs> Guys, we're just at the end of our hour here. In fact, I really ran, ran us over a little bit, so I had to extend. But um, I appreciate all your uh, all your help and input this week. KJ you did a great job. Uh, I got to announce that uh, KJ gave up going to a uh, graduation party because he's uh, such a warrior. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want to hear Bob's ass uh, going to man out for not being here. <laughs> He went out of his way to he went out of his way to make sure I eat pro. We love you, Caden. Thank you for everything. <laughs> You're awesome. Love y'all too. Thank you. Hi. It was a great show as usual. Uh, always a pleasure talking to the whole team and the team that's here. Hope everyone is well. Bob is our co pilot. Coach Bell's watching over us. Dr. Chris keeps us laughing. Everyone have a safe and wonderful week. Caden. Oh, um, yeah, another another great show to put in the uh, to put in the books. I think everybody did an amazing job. I love all y'all. Make sure you tune into the um, make sure you tune into the fights um, tonight. Holly Holm versus Caitlin Vieira, uh, co-hosted by Santiago. Not even pronounce his last name versus Michael Pierre. <laughs> and um I love y'all. I'll see y'all later. Have a great week. Thanks, Steve. Guys, always a, a pleasure. Uh thanks uh to our listeners. Thanks for getting on. Thanks for uh uh always keeping me on the straight and narrow, Caden checking me for my, my crow pie and, and Ty keeping me with the facts and the uh everything straight. Frank, thanks for putting it together, and everyone have a great week. God bless. Well, I want to thank everybody for coming on. It's always great to spend this time together every weekend. It's like getting in and sitting around a table and just talking. You guys have so uh, have so much to give and so much uh, you, you study so much to put it out there. We really appreciate it. Um, ladies and gentlemen, these programs are brought to you each and every night of the week. In grateful appreciation to men and women in the United States Armed Forces. Men, women, police, and fire services, the doctors and nurses on, on the COVID watch, 
as well as those wonderful people to clean up after them and those who uh, uh, keep our shelves stocked in the supermarket. These programs are dedicated to those who lost their lives in line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman Jeffrey Colcap, Patrolman Jeffrey, I'm sorry, David Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Yaswitz, Sergeant Thomas Batinger, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childers, San Diego Officer Mike Kenler, Patrolman Charlie Condit, Tarpon Springs Police Department, Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department, Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department, Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Fire Department, Sergeant Charles Levesque, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department, Patrolman and Officer Christman, Lakeland PD, Lieutenant Joe Serba, Newcastle County Police, Patrolman Josh Myers, Nassau County Sheriff's Department, Captain Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Fire Department, Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Artis Hope, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Jerry Ficus, Wilmington Fire Department, Trooper Joe Bullock, Florida Highway Patrol, Trooper uh, Chelsea Richard, Florida Highway Patrol, Chief Al Hogo, Wilmington Police Department, and, and Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department. I also was remiss in, in mentioning that uh, today is the 30th anniversary of the um, out-and-out murder of uh, uh, Detective Ricky Bell and uh, Ricky Childers, Randy Bell and Ricky Childers. Um, If you want to read anything about them, it's in the Tampa Tampa Paper archives. Um, It was a terrible situation. Um, My brothers and sisters, though, you may be 10-7 at this point in time. Sometime we'll be 10-10 at the table of the Lord. Until that time, may the rose rise up to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly on your fields and sunshine lightly on your face. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your families always in the hand of his hands. God bless you all. Have a good week.
harps play And proudly toast his noble fame With spirit and with mind afraid Towers and strength and length of days Good night, Bob. We love you and we miss you.